This episode is in partnership with Authority Magazine. Authority Magazine, a medium publication, is devoted to sharing in-depth and interesting interviews featuring people who are authorities in business, pop culture, wellness, social impact, and tech. There is so much talk about what to do with the next generation. Who are going to be our next leaders? And yet, very few take the time to question how younger people can cope in this fast-changing and challenging world. That's where Crystal Bell comes in as a member of the Bell Department Store family. She now throws her weight behind nurturing young mothers, kids, teens, and anyone else trying to navigate through it all. Christabel, welcome to Believe in People. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Listen, why do you think it's important to be a member of a community, to be a participant in the world that we live in? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's kind of my sole mission in life. You know, I had a very interesting childhood and, um, there were times where I really needed resources that I didn't necessarily get or um, certain aspects in community involvement that I wanted to be involved in, but didn't really have that opportunity. So I feel like the the older I've gotten and the more opportunities that have kind of almost fallen into my lap. It's funny how divine timing works with your, your soul mission, but um, I've just made it kind of my, my purpose to give back, even when I couldn't really afford to, when you know, I was single and on my own and struggling to put myself through college. I always made a point to do something, whether it was community service or, but really giving back to um, children and education and stuff like that has really been something that pulls my heartstrings. Because like I said, I really needed that as a child. So I'm one of those pay it forward kind of people. I feel like the more I can do it and show my children that it's the, you know, just, I don't want to say the right thing to do, but just something to do from the heart that makes you feel good. So just modeling that behavior and hopefully everyone else will catch on and we'll just have a world of everyone helping everyone. (laughs) And so, and that's interesting, Crystal, because you mentioned your childhood a couple of times. What was it in your childhood that sort of motivated you to want to help your community? You know, I had very young parents and my father died. They were 18 and 20, but, um, you know, mid eighties and kind of partiers and whatnot. And um, my father died in a car accident when I was two. Wow. And after that, my mom, you know, she, she just couldn't deal. She had her own way of handling it. So I was raised by my grandparents. So, you know, I experienced a lot of kind of generational gaps and I was the first person to go to college in my family. And I, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I signed up for private student loans and, you know, just the little kind of day-to-day things that I wish, hey, I I wish I would have kind of had that guidance or that mentoring. And and that's what's really led me into, you know, and I was also exposed to quite a bit of, um, you know, there was violence and substance abuse and and things like that, you know, throughout periods of my childhood that now I realize caused some um, complex PTSD. Um, So just really understanding those environmental factors that can help children, you know, and and really the entire family, because even though my mission is to help children and give them a chance, but if we're not touching the entire family unit, you know, we're still missing that bridge in the gap. So really just expanding those resources to the families and, you know, 
like I said, I was raised by my grandparents. So I just, I know, I'm sure there's educational components and financial components that they could have utilized to help our life situation a little bit more. What do you think it's like? I mean, I know, what do you think it's like uh, to be a kid these days? Is Do you think it's even more challenging than perhaps when you or I were growing up? I really do, honestly. You know, we have four kids collectively. Um, I have two bonus sons, a 13-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. So we have all the <laughs> things going on in our house right now. And absolutely, I do. You know, you have the the social media and the cyberbullying and, you know, going, going through middle school is hard enough for me. But just seeing the, you know, I'm kind of... Um, you know, I don't want to say overprotective, but I monitor, you know, what my kids are exposed to as much as I can anyway, but it's just, it's so hard. There's just so many more avenues of pressure and less of that. Let's play outside and ride our bikes and those in-person connections. I almost feel like we're a society now that's disconnectedly connected. Like, you know, we're always on our devices. We're always busy, but like, are we really connecting with the people around us within our, in our real circles? And so just making sure that they understand that that intentional time and the value of spending time together is really important. And it really makes us, you know, I mean, I grew up where my grandparents had a garden and, you know, we had meals and it's, I feel like we're just so busy sometimes one's working, one's this, and you know, it's, I feel like it's, it's more scattered now than it used to be. I feel like technology is a big babysitter for a lot of children and um, there's less connection time overall. And I, you know, I can't speak for everyone. It's just kind of the norm that I see in my, my circle and in our environment and what I hear from my kids. And then, and Crystal, how do you compete with that? So I'm always fascinated with, you know, here you have all these distractions and the influences of others and peer pressure. And then yet you want to be able to keep the family unit and make sure that, you know, they're not using their devices and out gardening or what have you. How do you teach them? Like, how do you do that in your family? Well, to be honest, it's almost nearly impossible. <laughs> I try. Um, you know, our oldest is working. So at least he has like the work ethic and things like that going for him. And the middle guy, he's he's kind of our tech guy. And that's, that is his way of socializing. But really just setting by example, you know, hey, I'm going for a walk. Do you guys want to go out for a walk? Do you want to go out and shoot some hoops on the basketball court? Do you guys want to, you know, just trying to involve them as much as possible? And, um, you know, for my daughter, limiting that screen time, you know, hey, let's, let's take the phone, let's watch a movie, let's snuggle, let's, let's hang out, let's go do something interactive together, let's do, let's go to the beach, let's cook dinner together, you know, just really in modeling the behavior, because if I'm sitting and I'm on my phone, or I'm on the computer all the time, which drives me crazy, I just, I can't, but, you know, obviously we have to, to some extent, um, for work and whatnot, but really, especially for the three-year-old you know, try not to use my devices around him because I want to give him that. And he's funny. He'll just take it from you anyway. Like he wants that intentional time. So whether in just enjoying the small things and it's good for me, you know, I feel like that's something that I kind of lost before he was born three years ago and the world shut down and there we were all at home in the stillness of, but it was beautiful in a sense, you know, it was, it was kind of a crazy situation in life but you know it really we got out we swam in the pool we hung out in the yard we walked around you know it was I feel like it created more connection for us to be honest so just trying to now that life's pretty much in full stream again making making that intentional time but it takes discipline it really does yeah. hmm. 
Um, I think we should at this point mention that you're part of the Bell's department store family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you're in the Southern United States to those listeners who are mm -hmm. elsewhere and they don't shop there. I guess my question at this point is, uh, you've, you've just told us uh, earlier about your own upbringing and why you feel it's important um, to perhaps bring the next generation along, I guess is a, probably a hackneyed way of, of saying that. But, but who are you, with the organizations that you're involved with, who are you targeting? Who, who are these kids? Where do they live? And what are their circumstances? So for Bells Inc, I'm the Community Outreach and Philanthropy Coordinator. So, you know, we created this position a couple of years ago and um, it's been so much fun. So really what I've tried to do is be very intentional about, because we have retail stores all over the United States now. We have Bells Florida, which are just in Florida. And then we have Bells, which were formerly Bells Outlet, but they are all along the Sun Belt up. And I think there's over 600 stores now. And then Rugged Earth Outfitters and now Home Centric. So there's a ton of stores out there. So we have store employees, we have corporate employees, um, distribution center employees, we have a distribution center um, in Texas. So what we've done as a collective, also an LA office. So collectively, um, what I've tried to do is, you know, obviously retail store, you have buyers. So the buyers get samples. So how can we utilize our resources that we have here, the excess of stuff, and give that back in a great way? So what we've done is create a system to where every week, you know, the buyers purge a certain amount of things, like maybe one week it's ladies apparel and juniors accessories. And the next week it's home and the next week children and men's. And so in each week we have a system as to what charity picks that up, um, where it goes. And so we've really partnered with some great organizations that have a global reach. Um, Souls for Souls is one of them. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of them. They are a fantastic organization and they, you know, they pick up quarterly, they get a big truckload and they're able to distribute that charity that we give them to people all over the world, which is really fantastic. We have another charitable partner, One More Child, who's a ministry-based partner. So we, you know, we obviously get a ton of donation requests just come in um from random organizations so we are able now to outsource the donation requests we get to our charitable partners so then they can they can help them so for example um you know we partner with the Derek brooks foundation in tampa and they have a really great um charity there where they give back with law enforcement and really get the the community involved and um really spread awareness for the children but we're doing a lot of back to school campaigns so on our last call, they mentioned, hey, you know, we have this F elementary school in Pensacola. How can we help them? So I immediately thought of our Souls for Souls partner. Let's reel them in. Let's get on a call. So what we're able to do now is we're going to provide the backpack. Souls for Souls is going to provide the shoes for the give back. We're all going to do this event at the school. So really, it's, you know, children, families, educational stuff. We have some scholarship um, programs as well. We have one, the Arm Bell Foundation. Um, that I'm actually just appointed president of, which was super exciting, but kind of bittersweet at the same time because my aunt's retiring and she's kind of been the head of it for so long and the one who got me involved in the scholarship foundation. But um, so we are, we supply or provide um, scholarships to our employees' children, which is really great and it's a benefit. I mean, we're talking any, you know, the store employees, DC employees, you know, it's available to everyone. There's, there's some criteria that they have to meet. So that's a really great resource that we can do 
for our employees, providing scholarships for their children. Um, and we do trade schools, we do universities, and we do, um, you know, technical schools and um, community college and such. So that's a really great benefit, as well as the, the um, Bell Reekman Foundation, where we are able to provide more scholarships to more like a boys and girls club and, you know, reaching those, those types of organizations as well. And we're involved with Take Stock in Children. So um, we partner with them to do scholarships and mentoring for students in the in the community. So our employees are able to mentor. I'm actually a, a Take Stock mentor as well. So just really, it's a broad range, you know, everything from working with Feeding Empty Little Tummies, this local Palmetto, you know, center that packs bags full of food that distributes them to all the Manatee County schools every week to the global partners at Souls for Souls. I mean, we do, we do a lot in between. So it's, it's really nice to be a part of it and to, and to get the community involved. And Crystal, apart from not sleeping, um, <laughs> you, it sounds this, like way more than it is. There's a massive drive. You, 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 there's a. I feel there's this need for you to um, make all of this happen. And I also heard post-traumatic stress disorder. Where is your healing and your need to want to help others? How does that all fit? Where's the satisfaction? Where is that for you? Okay, so that's, you know, like I said, had a child during COVID, life, life hit hard in the stillness. Yeah. That's really what I started to discover some of the patterns, some of the, you know, the anxiety that I was having that didn't feel like just anxiety. It was almost like survival mode anxiety, but I think we're kind of all in survival mode at that point in time. But I'm one of those people that just dive deep into it. So honestly, I, my husband and I went to Amen Clinics and got brain scans which I'm a super nerd with this kind of thing. I come from health and fitness background. And so I've always been very intrigued by human health and behavior. And I would even notice when I was training people and teaching group exercise classes, like it's very mental, you know, obviously it's, it made me feel good. And I realized once I stopped teaching those classes and I stopped, I've always been one to be heavily active, but you know, the gym shut down and, you know, it's, it's a little different. So I didn't have that outlet that I had for my entire life. You know, I was always athletic and so really realized, um, you know, that it, it affected me not having the body movement that I once did. So I started diving deeper, you know, I've had a talk therapist for many years, but really diving deep into conversations with her after the brain scan, seeing the emotional scan of the PTSD, understanding what trauma was like, um, diving deep into trauma therapies and healing. And, you know, I've done EMDR and all kinds of neurofeedback. And so I found actually kind of by default, one of my girlfriends was setting up for an event for a resilient retreat. And she's like, you would just love the mission of this organization. You would just love them. And so I went and did a tour and oh my gosh, it was all of the healing modalities I had, I had done for myself wrapped into one. So Resilient Retreat is a nonprofit in Sarasota. Um, we do virtual and in-person programming for survivors of trauma, abuse, helping professions, and first responders. And I was just, I remember doing the tour and they were still under construction. I was just like, you're doing what? You're doing what? Like, I think I like grabbed and hugged Lisa like three times, <laughs> which led to a lunch with um, Sydney Turner, their founder. And you know, I just poured my heart out, like went into detail about, you know, childhood trauma and current day things and things in my marriage, things with my children, all the things. And, you know, that was followed by an invitation to be on their board. And so here I was like, wow, 
like for the first time, I've really shared my heart and shared my story and it has value. So really understanding the power of sharing and understanding that I was not alone. Like this person had been through just as much, if not more than I have. And look at this amazing organization she created out of that. So I really jumped on that bandwagon and it's not even a bandwagon. It's just another, again, part of my soul mission. And now understanding, you know, what our children have gone through, what we've all gone through in the past three to five years with, you know, the craziness going on, like mental health is a huge priority. It always has been, but I think that our generation is really opening up to be more open. Like, let's talk about this. Let's address some of these concerns. Like isolation is not good for people. We are meant to connect, you know, understanding all of that and continuing my own healing modalities and just understanding how much, I mean, so now I, I, did the neurofeedback and I've had incredible results. And I understand that, you know, just because you were, you're diagnosed with something like PTSD, it's not a life sentence. If you can, tr- you can heal yourself out of those things. So that's a huge part of my life. And my life mission is, you know, supporting organizations and mental health and getting these things into our school systems and, you know, judicial systems and providing these services. And I love resilient retreat because they provide free services and they also do, you know, paid trainings and stuff like that. We actually had a lunch and learn at Bell's um, where we had Mandy come on and just do like a trauma training because it's so impactful for everyone to understand what trauma responses are like, yes, there's anxiety, but there's a root to that anxiety. You know, there's root causes for these types of you know, reactions our minds and our bodies have. So just really understanding that on a deeper basis. And, um, you know, now I'm kind of flourishing into creating my own. Like I started this crystal clear podcast. I started recording. I haven't launched it yet. And I've just found that sharing my story and understanding other people's journeys. And, you know, I had my, um, my acupuncturist, which has essentially become my functional medicine doctor, come on and understanding holistic views. And there's just so many options out there that aren't really necessarily readily available to all of us. So just sharing all the things to help people, maybe, you know, that's what helped me is just listening to people's podcasts, reading certain books, certain things that struck chords with me, like, wow, I can really relate to that. I'm going to dive deep into this. And just understanding that I wasn't alone in the whole situation. And now it's now that I'm in a great place in a solid place, sharing that with the world and kind of getting it out there. So hopefully it'll help other people. So society wise in listening to you, it sounds like you uh, believe that uh, these sort of effects from trauma go throughout, go through society from top to bottom. And uh, it just made me think of of a woman that we had on the podcast a, a while ago. Her name is Sue Gandy and she lives in um, outside of Chicago in Illinois. And she decided she saw a need in her in the community where she decided to start a food bank um, out of her own garage, out of her, with her own money. And um, it Which ended she up- She still needs help by the way. Well, and she still does it. And of course it's expanded that she's not only providing uh, food to people in the community. Now she's also providing clothing through donations and what have you. But what she discovered was that no matter where you live or where you are, there are these bands, uh, bands like rings, I guess is what I'm trying to say, of, of people who are in desperate situations that 
I think a lot of us, myself included, aren't even aware of. Um, right. It sounds to me like you're not only seeking those people out, which I think is very commendable, but are you finding that that perhaps it's just as bad as it always has been, or perhaps even worse as a result of the pandemic, as a result of recession or pending recession, as a result of interest rates, collapsing banks. I mean, people are inundated with anxiety. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, like the the cost of living has gone up like 128 or something percent in Florida in the past 20 years. And, but the average salary has not. So what we're finding and what I even experienced with my own community is, you know, we have teachers and, and colleagues and friends who are getting evicted from their home. I mean, they're working middle-class people, but the cost of living is going up so much that they can't afford to live there. Or there's, you know, and that's what I love about Souls for Souls is they, they provide resources for these children who are experiencing homelessness and homelessness isn't necessarily living in a shelter. It's, you know, maybe they got evicted from their home and they don't have a place to live right now because their parents can't afford it. And it's absolutely, it's, it's still a huge concern. And clearly Um, that affects your, that affects your development, your self-confidence. Absolutely. If you don't get enough food, you're not going to do well, those things. Right. And we, you know, we, like I was saying, feeding into little tummies is an organization that we go and, you know, they pack bags and they give the food bags to the kids every Friday. And they were saying, you know, we have a difficulty when it gets to middle school and high school because the elementary school kids are excited to get their bag to go home. But, you know, once you get into the years that it's not cool to accept your food bag, even though you really need it. So these children, because of the lack of confidence and the embarrassment, like they're, they're, shy to get their food they don't want to even though they really need it because the parents are working you know I see it on our scholarship foundation applications you know there's children you know in their teens they're helping with grandma that lives at the house they're working a job and they're you know they're they're still making great grades and still making managing to do community service and it's like they are children and it's really it's we're in this almost like this success 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 but like what is success like if these children aren't able to have a peace in their hearts and their minds and their spirits or sit down and have a meal with their family, it's really sad because it is, it's, you're, you're seeing that a lot. People are working, working, working. And I feel like the reward for them, it's just, it's really sad. So it pulls my heartstrings and that's why I just try to provide so many resources for all the people that we work with. And I feel like that's almost a gift in my, you know, if we can't help you, I know someone else that can, because you can't always help everyone. So I try to just keep my mental log of all the things and all the places, all the resources, you know, we can't provide you donations. This organization may be able to, you know, we can't give you diapers because we don't sell diapers. Maybe this place can, you know, and just providing as many resources for these people as possible. You know, like I said, I grew up and you know, it was a middle-class family. I I never wanted and needed for anything living with my grandparents, but there's a lot of educational resources I could have used. I could have definitely used someone, you know, like a Girls Inc. that would help me understand how to fill out a college application and, you know, not get a private student loan. And so just really partnering with these organizations and spreading the word as much as possible. And, you know, and Crystal, it's interesting, but it's almost as if what I'm hearing is that wouldn't it be 
it wouldn't it be great if all of these communities so if you were let's say the conduit or you were the connector of all of these resources so that there's a sustainability model for mentoring and ensuring that these things are always um, met so that kids are always fed so there isn't something no one's going to pull the uh the carpet from under them you know that there's always some it's like uh you know teaching people how to fish rather than you know giving them the fish and right. so I think, you know, it's, it's sort of, I hear all of these amazing things that you're doing, but, and yet imagine if you were that person that were able to bridge, and I, it sounds as if you are being able to connect all of these so that there is a sustainability or a continuing, a, a model, you know, for this. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, and really at Bells, that's what we've tried to implement as a corporation. My husband took over as CEO. Um, December of 2019 for, for the world shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, since then there's been a big push for the ESG and I've worked close with that team. And it's like, you know, how can we conserve? How can we teach our employees how to be more conservative to conserve our resources? Some examples of what we've done around here are like, you know, not putting pesticides and, and chemicals on our landscaping, only doing natural landscaping. So we're not pulling water from the ground and, you know, you know, in Florida it's, you know, trying to conserve as much as possible or um, eliminating plastics by getting different water fountains and, you know, doing community garden ideas, like, you know, collaborating with things like that and really trying to just spread awareness. I think, you know, you can't do it all for everyone, but it's really spreading that awareness. So, hey, if someone started recycling or someone stopped using pesticides or whatever it is, like just spreading that awareness, I think is really all yeah. we can do. Um, that's within our control and then what people do with it from there um, is up to them and it's really you know it's sad to me that it's it's expensive to go and buy a bunch of organic vegetables it really is but it's you know you can go to a fast food chain and buy a family of six a meal for 25 bucks so it's really I think just trying to implement as much knowledge that we can on how to you know, make healthy choices and do our best to be a part of, of con conservation and sustainability at the same time providing the resources. Yeah. You sound so very busy uh, in, in, in your, daily, <laughs> your daily life. Uh, I want to ask you this question, and that is, what's your takeaway from all this? What do you get out of doing all of this? Honestly, I, it's so funny. And you're not the first person that's asked me that. I don't think twice about it. Like I just, it is so fulfilling for me that I just, I feel good at the end of the day. I go to sleep every night knowing I'm doing my best to provide what I, I can for my family, um, for the community, for, you know, everything. I just, it's, I'm, flooded with gratitude every day that I have the opportunity to do what I'm doing, that I think that that's just what it is. It's the gratitude and the appreciation of being, being able to be a part of it. And I tell my director here all the time, he's fantastic. He's worked for Bells for 30 years. And, you know, every time I make a connection, like hooking this elementary school up with souls for souls and knowing these 300 kids that have experienced so much trauma and they're in F school, they're going to get a really awesome back to school. You know, these teachers are going to be incentivized. It's just, that brings me so much joy. Um, 
I just, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just the gratitude part of it. It makes me feel great to be a part of it. And, and it really is an honor. You explained it beautifully. And Crystal, each week we ask our guests one question and uh, you've answered it in so many ways. And I think more of a, around the lines of why do you, you specifically believe in people? Oh, because I needed, I, I know for a fact that if I hadn't believed in myself all of these years, I wouldn't be here being able to do what I do. So it really is so much of an intrinsic motivation for me to show everyone that like, they're the light, like, it's okay. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where you've experienced, like you are not your experiences. You are not your shortcomings. You are not the flamboyant things in life. Like there is a deep person within all of us that needs, needs love, unconditional love. We need connection. We need, you know, just that confidence and knowing that we really are capable of doing beautiful, amazing things. We just need someone to believe in us. And that's what it took for me. It really took a couple people believing in me and we have all of this. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we want Amy and I both want to thank you for joining us today and uh, we'll let you get back to your Brady Bunch or your Bell Bunch or whatever you've got going here. All the things. And, and um, what a life of community service. Uh, yeah. I think that, that we can all you. take something away from that. Thank you for being with us on Believe thank in People. You. Thank, thank you, Crystal. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, there's two ways of saying this phrase. Uh, there goes a busybody or there goes a busy body. And my goodness, she is all over the place. Uh, and, you know, I found that whole conversation very inspiring. And you go, you go, Crystal. It's taking you somewhere. It sure is. And I mean, I mean, I'm highly motivated. If you haven't, uh, if you weren't inspired and are motivated to go out to your community and want to uh, support um, all of the good work that uh, people like Crystal are doing, then, um, you know, then this definitely wasn't for you. <laughs> but she is a go-getter. She's, But more importantly, she takes action. She really it walks the, the uh, talk or walks the walk. Is that what it is? So yep. yes, so she's uh, she absolutely makes it happen. We're grateful for her. If you've been inspired by this uh, episode today, then we encourage you to take action and subscribe to our podcast, Believe in People. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.